Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now we're on Radical Australia. We've got technical issues. So our guest, Natalie Swedosh, is going to sing. Oh. Off you go, Natalie. <laughs> um, I don't know that I want to give that to the listeners. <laughs> Come on, Natalie. You're going to give them every other secret. I think you should sing, Joe. Well. We don't yeah, want to turn them off before the program's really got into full swing. Well, look, we don't particularly care whether we've got listeners or not. You understand <laughs> oh. that? It's that type of program. Yes, we do, listeners. We love yeah. you, listeners. Uh, Dale loves you. Oh, that is Dale Bridge. She's the producer and the um, dowager. <laughs> and she's coming to keep an eye on you, Natalie. Oh, she better. Now, did I pronounce your surname correctly? It's actually Swedosh. Swedosh. Indeed. S-W-E-D-O-S-H. Yeah. Well, Natalie. Yep. Swedosh. Mm-hmm. Well, Natalie, you're in for a boring afternoon because we're <laughs> going to be talking about you. Well, Would I you... highly doubt that. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! Good one, Natalie. Don't Good listen one. to him. <laughs> that I am impressed by, Natalie. Unfortunately, I'm holding the microphone. Do you think we could switch the microphone, Dale, because this one's got a bit of a droop to it? Um, okay. <laughs> it's all right, Natalie. This is amateur hour. It's okay. This is uh, us. Nothing yeah. worse than a droopy microphone. Exactly. It's got brewer's droop, but that's another story. Okay. Now, Natalie, I only asked two questions. We're now serious. This is a serious interview. Don't forget that. <laughs> uh, two questions. The first one takes two seconds, and the second one takes 55 minutes. Just to orientate our listeners, what year were you born? 65. You're just a youngster. Why, thank you. Are we banned? Why are you wasting your time here this <laughs> afternoon at 50? If you're born in 65, you should be out there living life. It's a perfect day. <laughs> oh, it's a perfect day to strike up a chat at 3CR. Indeed that it is. strike up a chat. Look, I don't want to go down that path. This sounds like an advertisement, but... Well, <laughs> What's the earliest thing you remember about being on planet Earth? Running. Running? It's a kinesthetic memory, so I get a... Excuse me, could you repeat that word again? Kinesthetic. What does that mean? A felt sense, so it's a physical memory of running. Physical memory? Yeah. So So it's not a real memory? It's a memory, rather than being visual, I get a feeling of running as a young child. How would you describe that? What's the feeling of running? Of a running sensation of movement. What? In your feet, your ankles, your yeah, bottom? Yeah, in, your in my whole body. So whole it's body. like a felt sense of running uh-huh. with a visual sense of grass as well. Right. How about a visual memory? Well, that's visual as well. No, grass. That's it. You're running on grass. Running in grass. In grass. Yeah, long grass. Long like the grass. grass is really long. It's above my head. So your parents were long grasses, were they? <laughs> well, they weren't exactly hippies. <laughs> no, they weren't. <laughs> so where do they come from? Well, my mum is originally from WA. and my WA? Where's that? Western Australia. Oh, right. I thought it was some... Uh, some uh, 
little county somewhere in England. So <laughs> WA in West Australia. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 and that's unusual, isn't it? There's not many people live in West Australia. I don't think that they <laughs> would find that. Western Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're unusual. And your dad? Sand gropers. My dad was born in New York. That's better. New York. He was a New Yorker. Yeah. It wasn't a war kind of bride thing, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> but thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we've got that clear in the early Earth part, part of the yeah, interview. So, so, so how did they meet? This is interesting. They met in Melbourne. In Melbourne. What yeah. was he doing? A New Yorker doing in Melbourne? Well, he was living here, so he. How come? Was he running away from the law or something? He was on the lamb. He was on the lamb. <laughs> did he jump ship? <laughs> no, not quite. But um, my grandmother decided to move herself with her two sons right. to Australia when her husband died. And when was that? Many moons ago. So right. my father was uh, 15, I think. 15. They came. That's, that's very unusual, isn't it, after the war, for, for a, a woman just to get up and bring her two sons to Australia? Well, she had one brother living here. Oh, she was right. an immigrant from mm-hmm. Latvia. Right. Right. And Jewish, so right. they had the choice to go to the US or Australia, and they originally chose the US, but mm-hmm. then decided on Australia. Australia after that. And are they still alive? No, my grandparents. Dad, how about your parents? Oh, my mum's still alive, yeah. Right. Okay. Alive and kicking. Yeah, hopefully she's not listening to the interview. I'm pretty sure she is. is she? <laughs> mum, look. Hi, Mum. <laughs> I apologise for anything your daughter may say. Can I can I just take this moment to apologise for not providing you with the bandwidth number for three CR? Eight double five on the AM <laughs> dial. Three C. I'm sure you're listening. Now I've got to apologise. I had you booked, but then we double booked you. I can't understand how we could double book somebody as interesting as you. Tisk tisk. Because the, because the, because the interview we had was, you know, pretty boring to be honest. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure they'd be delighted to hear that. Well, they don't know who they are. It's <laughs> <laughs> so the last six people we've interviewed. Watch out. All right, so where were you born? I was born in Tasmania. Oh, God. Not brought up there, just born there, just there long enough to be the butt of every Australian person's <laughs> joke. West Australian mother, New York father, born in Tasmania. What the heck just were they doing in Tasmania? Clearly doomed. Um, well... <laughs> My father was working there and they lived there for a very brief period of time and then mm. they moved to Melbourne. Back to Melbourne. Back to Melbourne. Right, okay. Oh, and this, this is a pretty boring trajectory, but that's, that's, that's the way the interviews go. So I assume you went to preschool or kindergarten or something? I was expelled from kindergarten. Oh, yes. Here you go. Interview your gold. First. You're not the first one. Would We've had believe? many people. We've had guests who've been <laughs> expelled from kindy before. Really? <laughs> what, what did you do, youngster Natalie? Well, I think I might have been a bit of a square peg that was being continually forced into a round hole because I remember it was quite authoritarian at that particular mm, kindergarten. Mm, mm. And being a really active and spontaneous child, I didn't want to go to sleep at midday. Right, right. And I could never quite get my head around it. Mm. But I do have a recollection of being extremely vocal and loud while all the other kids were sleeping. You're very lucky, you know. 
Why is that? Because these days we'd medicate you. Yeah, that's, that's what right. happens. In those that's days, right. you were seen as an overactive t- child. Today, you're seen yeah. as somebody who's got a dysfunction who needs to be medicated. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so you did very well to be expelled. I escaped that's, from what, that. What did your parents think about this? Um, I recall my mother bringing me, holding my hand, crying, crying. begging them to take me back, <laughs> which they did. Uh-huh. But nice. I think I was suspended. I suspended. <laughs> But then they did take me back again. Yeah. But it was really quite. Um, they were. They must have been extremely authoritative because I remember being locked in the broom closet. Wow! At four. As a punishment. Yeah. No wonder you like you are, Natalie. No wonder I'm a chat activist now. <laughs> uh, she, see, this is what I hate, Dale. We get these bloody guests in, right? Now we we don't do any work on them. We will get to that part of the interview when I'm ready, not when you're ready. (laughs) And and that'll be another 40 minutes. Behave yourself, Joe. Well, I am behaving myself. This is not a medium for you. This is the birth. This is a medium for the listeners. I'm just helping you understand the birth from one kind of activist, a child activist, (laughs) expelled from the kindergarten society. We've got an hour to fill in. Natalie, and I need to draw it out slowly, otherwise in about four minutes we'll just send you on your way and we'll get a bloody, we'll get some poets to come in because they're everywhere Then where would we go? Alright, 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 so you had a pretty inauspicious beginning, so you went to I assume you went to primary school? Yes Where was that? Um, Well, I was brought up in East Doncaster, I assume it was somewhere near there so, obviously, it had a great impact on your life, primary school, didn't it? Well, it was Waldo <laughs> Primary School. Waldo. Yeah. And it was in East Was it Doncaster. named after a dog or something? No, I don't know what it was named after. Some guy called Waldo, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was actually, I was just joking about not knowing its whereabouts. It was actually right next door to my house. <laughs> so, I could jump the fence and yeah, then, bang, yeah. I'd be in my schoolyard. School yeah. So it was great for coming home for lunch, of course. Mm, But that means you've formed no friends if you didn't wander around the schoolyard at lunchtime. That's when you make your friends. Oh, yeah, you would do that as well. So what, you you just went home and had lunch? Lathian sausage and bread or something, did (laughs) you? Bratwurst. Bratwurst. (laughs) And sauerkraut. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, just Vegemite Sangers. Aussie kids. Did you have any brothers and sisters? One brother, Greg. And is he much older or younger than Two he? years apart. So did He's he, older. Did he jump the fence too? Did they come home for lunch oh, with you? Oh, it was great. We'd sometimes bring our friends and yeah. imagine how popular you were <laughs> being able to provide cold food Cold food, in yeah. Summer. I mean, Doncaster would have been horrendous in those days. Oh, it was, was it so mediocre, Joe. Mm. Thank God for Casey Kasem. Casey, and, Casey. Um, American <laughs> top 40, 40 yeah, yeah. on 3XY, so good. Yeah, so he did nothing you can remember positive about going to primary school in Doncaster. Um, I remember playing British Bulldog. <laughs> British Bulldog, yes. <laughs> Where you jump on each other's backs and race at each other and yeah. try to knock over your opponent. Right, so you didn't actually excel at anything at primary school apart from violence. Yes, clearly. Violence among children. Um, great um, tactical skills with marbles. Good, good, yeah, and yeah. And SWAT cards, of course, right, were very popular right. back then. Did you have then. any, um, what they used to call them, eye, devil's, devil's eye, devil's eye or something, you know, the really 
fancy marbles? I'm not that? sure if that that left the fifties, Joe. <laughs> Touche, very nice, naturally. <laughs> very good. You asked for that. I know, right to the heart. I am impressed, Natalie. We are going to get on for this program. You've got that sense of humour that I need in order to dissect you. Um, <laughs> Done and enough. Live. Obviously, you graduated and you went to high school. Where did you yeah. go to high school? I went to MLC Ooh. for two years. You were expelled? Well, I wasn't expelled, but I didn't really enjoy that final year of MLC. What do you mean final year? What were you doing grade nine? Or grade eight? What were you doing grade eight to cause so much panic? Well, a couple of my friends and myself, we found a workman's hole upstairs. Excuse me, a workman's hole? <laughs> In the roof. Thank you. Could you explain? Because this is, there are kiddies in cars going home listening to this interview. Let's keep it clean, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I was warned you've got PMS, all right? I was warned about that. (laughs) Potty mouth syndrome. Thanks for outing me. I was going to say, Joe, you're about to get a backhander from (laughs) me. No, no. Potty mouth syndrome. All right. I was warned about this woman before she came in. We're keeping it clean. Yeah, all right. So... There's a little hole where the workmen used to hide. Up in the ceiling. Yeah, you have a beer and a well, we, fag. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> a couple of us, um, we took magazines up there, we yeah. radios, we listened to, I think, oh. Dire Straits came out that year with yep, the Sultans yep. of Swing. Yep, we yep. had a wild time up there. The ones that smoked would smoke. <laughs> but then there was this one girl, Ulrika, yeah. who was the largest of us and... <laughs> To walk across, you had to walk over two beams. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, unfortunately, Ulrika missed the beam oh, no. and put her foot right through the ceiling and landed into the classroom below. Oh, at least it wasn't the principal's office. No, but she surely found herself there very quickly. <laughs> All right, so you've kind of decided you should part ways in grade eight. So where'd you go next? Um, well, after that, I went to Mount Scopus for two years. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, I can see in the uh, the way you're uh, holding your shoulders up. You are a Mount Scopus girl. <laughs> well, you know. it was a funny place for someone who is artistic Why is rather that? than academic because it was it's a school that has a very high. Well, back then anyway, their focus was really on academia oh, still and is, maths it? and sciences. I think largely. Is this Mount Scopus in Caulfield or Mount Scopus? In Burwood. In Burwood, yeah. yeah. Right. So did you excel at anything in high school apart from moving from high school to high school? Oh, yeah. I excelled at English literature. Excellent. And English and art. Art oh, was my favourite. So when did you graduate? Um, uh, quite a while ago. Yeah, I understand. That. <laughs> that wasn't my last school, though. You haven't asked what the third school was. Oh, that's only four years, right? Where did you finish year 12? Temple Stowe High. In other words, you weren't good enough academically to stay at Scopus. You were going to bring down the class mark and you were asked to go to a state high school. Is that correct? Um, I just wanted some normality in my life. <laughs> normality. Uh, and yeah. what, did you get normality at Temple yeah, Stowe Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. it was great. It was uh, a good school. Was this a, 
they had uniforms in those days, or you just threw? Oh, no, it? you just throw on whatever you wanted. Wanted and just turned up, and especially at arts class. It was lovely not wearing a uniform oh, yes. and being a yeah. teenager. So did you HSC or VCE? I've forgotten at your age. Oh, it was HSC. And how did you go? Well, I didn't finish it because I was going to go to a tertiary. Well, I did. I started TOP, which is a tertiary yep, yep, year yep, at RMIT yep. in applied arts. Uh-huh. And what happened? That was the year that I left home. And so I had to drop out because back then you weren't able to get financial assistance if your parents were in a higher income bracket. That's right, yeah. Which they weren't in a super high income no. bracket, but it was higher than the cutoff, Point. which was low. So you've left home. How old were you? 19? 18? 18. Well, it's pretty common. People don't realise that. But in those days, that was normal to leave home at 18 or 19. I think the first week I left home, purple hair, bang. Right. <laughs> nose ring. And li- listeners, just, just in case you're wondering, the nose ring is out, but the purple hair is still there. I like to think of it as magenta, actually. Magenta. <laughs> I'd have to agree. Well, thank you. Touche. That's a second strike at my heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a young 18 year old in Melbourne. What year is this? Um, 83. Ooh, 80, 1983. The world's. Melbourne is pulsating. Young flesh out there. How did you go? Oh, it was just a wild time. Mm. It was crazy. Just so much, so much great music around yep. and great gigs and venues. It was quite alive, the scene here then. Yeah, there's brightly coloured hair and just punk rock was really, really, really popping Popular. in yep. Melbourne at that time. Yep. A great place for a, a girl, young teenage girl with a chip on her shoulder Jumper. and a lot to say. Right. Perfect. Um, so, did you get surfed out of a few venues? Well, <laughs> that was a couple of years after that. But yes, the, there was a place called the Linden Tree in Fitzroy. Street. I know the Linden Tree. Yes. Early openers. Yes. And late closes. Yes. Or did it yes. ever close? No, it never closed. That's right. I seem to have a recollection of the person behind the bar refusing to serve me that last glass of beer and some hand, maybe it was mine, snaking over and pouring my own glass of beer. (laughs) Hmm. But but in those days, there was no such thing as uh, responsible serving of alcohol to drunks, was there? (laughs) That's right. Fair enough. All right. Okay. So what were you doing for a buck? Yeah, I was working doing different healing treatments. Healing treatments. Yeah, yeah. How did you fall into that? Um, well, how did I fall into that? I met a lady who was a naturopath mm. and she was doing these sessions with acupuncture yep. and shiatsu and I had read this book called Colour Therapy and mm. just kind of developed a skill. Put up your own shingle. Yeah, that's right. Put up mm. my own shingle and just found that I had a knack for it. Obviously, you were practicing the inner city. Yeah. That's the only place you'd find nuts to come and see you, I see. <laughs> yeah, well, plenty of nuts in Elwood. Yeah. Back then. <laughs> Back then. Not as genteel as no, it is now. No. What's that uh, necklace you've got on? I'm just, just a little it's bit mesmerized by it. It's a heart mandala. What does that mean? So it's a number of 
different compartments which are mm. all hearts that right. form a whole yeah. so it makes a big circular disc so what, are, what does a colour therapist do? well it just was at that time I don't mm. do that now No, but it then, was really yeah. just connecting to peaceful states helping a person really being mindful uh, of where they were at and bringing them to a state of equilibrium or harmony. So you're basically an amateur, colours. You're an amateur psychologist, basically. That was the beginning. Yeah. All right. So what did that lead to? Beginning of being a backyard witch. A backyard <laughs> witch. A yeah. backyard witch. Well, kind of. That's what I would consider I was back then. I a think. backyard witch. Yeah, kind of. Why would why, you look? Picking up Well, a little bit like a backyard abortionist, a backyard witch. <laughs> No, well, well... Why a backyard witch? In well, those days, you know... There was no qual- no qualification no, back right. then. Yeah. So, really, you know, there was no real training at that mm. time, yeah. you know, in Australia anyway. Mm. Uh, so, and at that time, I think Reiki had just come to Australia, but mm. when it first came in, they made it like $30,000 to even learn it. Yeah, yeah. So it was really quite way beyond the means of a 18-year-old. So you're a self-educated 18-year-old colour therapist. Did you have a shingle? Did you have a room you practised from? Yeah, I practised in Elwood at oh. her, at, in her space. Right. Okay. Yeah, that and did, did, did many people turn up? Yeah, she referred a lot of people to me. Right, so basically if it wasn't for her, you wouldn't get any work. Yeah, well, I had no idea about what marketing was or right. how to sell it or even... Right. How long did that last right. for? That lasted for probably a couple of years. A couple of years and then what? You moved on? Or? Then I started training. I trained in uh, massage, right. massage therapy, mm-hmm. and then became a masseuse for a number of years. Mm-hmm. How many years? Many years, probably 20. 20. Yeah. 20 years as a About masseuse. 20 years, yeah. That's, that's hard on your shoulders and elbows and wrists. Oh, and the thumb joints. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Every, what, five or six days a week you'd be working seven or eight hours? Five, five days a week. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I worked for myself as well as for other people. Working for myself was better because right. I could schedule however many people in. Right. Yeah, so have you got arthritic changes now at your early age? I've got sore joints in my thumbs. Thumb, yeah. right. How about the fingers? The interphalangeal joints. Oh, well done. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> I applaud you. Thank you, thank you. See, she's just the type of guest we go, we like, you know. A bit of a shit stirrer? No, no, you're not a shit <laughs> You don't know what a shit stirrer is. Somebody who just likes to fence. Ah, oh, yeah. Psychological fence. Witty repartee. <laughs> no, witless witless, just witless repartee repartee yeah forget about the witty <laughs> you wouldn't be here if it was witty <laughs> you know you'd be on the stage you'd be a star wow fantastic yeah. Yeah. so what what made you give up masseur was it not enough money or you got bored or um well i just my i was picking up other skills along the way like what can you share these? Well, skills? I finally did learn Reiki when right. it wasn't thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. They'd reduced it to ten thousand. Mm. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> um, I think it was five hundred. That's more like it. <laughs> Which is so, more what like exactly it. is Reiki? Just a lot of our listeners are not up to speed with a lot of these things. So okay. What Reiki is? So Reiki is a wellness um, technique where um, 
you bring touch in, so it's like a mindful touch where no, Excuse me, hang on, hang on, let's go back a step. What's a mindful touch? So it's What's the difference between me coming over, touch on your shoulder and a mindful touch? It's having presence. It's having presence with the quality of touch. Mm. And so are you talking about pressure? Placement? What are you well, talking about? Well, it's placement about? of hands. It involves being quite intuitive. So you have to be intuitive to just follow a, a known sense of where to put your hands on the person. Mm. Um, and it can be felt. It can be felt. It's a certain um, frequency of energy. Which, what, what, what do you feel? Um, as a practitioner, mm. I can. I get a feeling of where to move my hands. Um, but what, what? What do you feel? What do you feel? I feel like a pulsing, uh, like a wave of heat energy. I can sometimes see, like a ripple, a ripply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can actually see that, can you? Yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. All right. And what? What's it supposed to do to you? All this. It's great for relieving pain. Um, it's great for bringing people back into their body so Mm. for anxiety or stress Mm. and Mm. different mental health Mm. uh, Mm. conditions Mm. yeah it's it's you realize that if i lined up 25 people and spat at them that i cure 25 percent of them absolutely i don't Mm. have a caveat on healing joe no i'm not saying that i'm just saying i'm just (laughs) saying anybody anybody can basically if you're quite positive in in the way you approach people. Absolutely. Speak, that you can actually do a lot of good with a lot of crappy techniques. I'm not saying yours are crappy, I'm just saying that's the way it works. I think it depends on the person. Like you can be trained in anything. You can be mm. trained in psychology and be great academically, mm. but ab- absolutely hopeless therapists because no you don't empathy. have people yeah, skills. Yeah, no empathy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't so much, I don't really practice that so much now right. Why as is a that? therapist. Why is that? Um, there's not as much of a request for it. I seem to attract people more with um, who want to come for counselling and more clinical work for hypnotherapy and. All right, that's that, interesting. Let's those, go back. Let's field. go back a step. I just look at do it. <coughs> look, it's four twenty-eight, Natalie. This is three CR eight double five on your AM dial, streaming on three crorgau The program is podcast. And I'm going to stuff it up now. But if you want to hear Natalie on the podcast, Natalie Swedosh. Swedosh. Swedosh, as in Swede, as in Swede. That's right. As in Sweetie Pie. Sweetie Pie. (laughs) As in doing Swedosh Swedosh. massage, not Swedish. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, that was really corny. Could you tell me what Swedosh massage (laughs) is? <laughs> well, you know. Is this the type of massage you do privately? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, all right. I don't want to go down that path. I don't want to embarrass you here. I doubt that you would. I want to make a bit. Ask, all right, I don't want to. Ask, could I embarrass her? Throw down that could, gauntlet. Could, just, let's just move on, Karen. <laughs> let's move you. on. <laughs> she knows me. And the listeners know me. Too. No, I don't want to embarrass a young person like you. Now, look. Um, I'm just going to change the conversation. I'm going to go down another tributary. Um, did love cross your path? Yes. And how did that turn out? Well, I had some dodgy goes at it. Mm. We all do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dale's nodding. Yeah. You know, I stumbled around the dating arena like most young people. And was it just pub or...? Um. Well... 
the 80s were a funny time and so was the punk scene. Mm. Um, back when we were teenagers, it was kind of like meet someone on the night and if you got along well and things worked well mm. in other ways, bang, you'd be moving in the next day. That's right, yeah. Because yeah, you need a roof over your head, I understand. <laughs> well, I just think that... Um, you just had a different reality with what a relationship was back then and you mm. didn't really understand how to make a functional relationship happen mm. because maybe you hadn't really witnessed it yourself. So, right. you know, especially in the punk scene, it was quite hedonistic. Mm. Mm. And it was political. It was great as well. It was a great, um, vibrant place for people that had a lot to say or who had, you know, felt strongly about mm. certain issues, especially, you know, human rights, animal rights, mm. um, social issues. So you were involved in social issues at that time? Yeah, yeah. Like I was, what? Uh, I was active in animal liberation mm. and nuclear disarmament and, yeah, I had my finger in a number of pies. Right, and you were bed hopping at the same time. <laughs> well, there was a bit of that at that time. <laughs> well, that was normal. I'm not at that not time. ashamed to say. No, no, yeah. no. It's, that, look, it's Absolutely. People don't understand that every generation is different, and we all act differently, and we're all products of our social conditions at a particular time. And things were much freer in those days in terms of you know forming relationships, breaking up relationships, doing things. Just the way it was. That was our normal then. That was normal, yeah. But you have found love now. I've found love, and but love. I'm not in a relationship. Right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't love the Lord, do you? No. All right. No, just, just checking. These That's things my happen. usual disclaimer. It's okay. I'm not a nut. I'm not trying to turn you into anything or right, take right. your money. Or oh, Right. Okay. That's my usual disclaimer. Okay. All right. We won't go down that path. It's not as interesting as I thought. <laughs> Let's go back to what you're doing today. Let's backtrack. What are you doing today in terms of your work commitment? You said hypnotism. When did you start um, learning that? Well, I studied, first of all, studied clinical hypnotherapy about uh, six years ago. Maybe and, a bit and where longer. did you study that? I studied that at the Academy of um, Hypnotic Science. Right. And then I did additional training in uh, counseling, hypno, and hypnopsychotherapy, which yeah. is clinical hypnotherapy well, for mental training. health so issues. So how long does this training take? Well, it's taken a few years, really. Right. To, and, you know, I think to be good as a therapist, you have to keep updating, upskilling. Is it like, it's like, beca- is it like becoming a psychoanalyst? That, you know, you've got to be psychoanalyzed to become a psychoanalyst. You have to be hypnotized to be a hypnotherapist and a counsellor? No, I don't think no. so. But it's good if you've got a lived experience. It makes you a better therapist. What's a lived experience? A lived exper- experience is like, you know, I work in mental health. So yeah. having had a mental health issue, you know, mm. like mm. with, you know, anxiety or something that right. you can really get a bird's eye view of. So it makes you a better therapist. So you need a thief to catch a thief. That's basically what you're saying. Well, I think that it adds a certain richness, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, are you willing to go down that path? And yeah, just, sure, so, sure. So what was, what was the issue, anxiety, depression? or? Well, I think, that, um, I think that I had a mild anxious condition as a kid that went undiagnosed mm. because I had a learning difficulty which um, 
Although lots of people use that as their excuse for being really crap at maths. Right. (laughs) But to this day, my friends Mm. recall how terrible I was at maths. Mm. Um, I just think that I was Mm. wired for anxiety. Mm. Yeah, as I said at the beginning, I mean, these days you would have been diagnosed with attention deficit syndrome and be drugged out of your mind. Oh, yes. And had Ritalin and... (sighs) All that stuff, yeah. All that stuff, yeah. Which is a... Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've had a an interesting past. I've lived a lot of life and just navigating those early days and the punk scene, mm. you know, I saw a lot of dysfunction. I was around it and, mm. you know, everything. So You think that's why you gravitate towards the punk scene and not, you know, uh, square dancing down at the local hall? <laughs> well, I just had a lot of youth to misspend. Right, okay. I like that. Well, I think your youth hasn't finished being misspent, to be honest. I'm enjoying it now. You know, I think now what I'm doing is more punk rock than I ever was back then. All right, all right, Madam (laughs) Swedosh. Let's go back to this hypnotherapy because this interests me. Okay. Um, So there's a lot of training. Yeah. When you hypnotise people for the first time, do you have a, do you have a uh, partner with you, somebody to guide you, or do you taught techniques and you, you just do it one on one? So it's really um, with hypnosis and hypnotherapy, it's really self hypnosis. Like I can't do anything to someone else unless they are complicit and they agree to it, and you know that is ethical as well. Mm. So I would not suggest that I'm actually hypnotizing people they've come in they've agreed they've we've counseled we've talked about what they want you know where they're stuck where they want to move on and so the whole of the therapy is tailored around that and their experience so for example if they really resonate with nature then I will use that nature within the what we call an induction which is to take them into a wonderful journey and help them to find what what they're wanting through suggestions and you know an induction an induction is where you lead someone into a hypnotic state right okay but but you do lead people into a hypnotic state I, I, well their permission yeah. obviously that's what they come in there. Yeah, yeah there yeah. are different ways to right. induce that state you can bore them bore them into trance <laughs> i'd be very good at that well you can you can just yeah. crap yeah. on yeah. and yeah. someone will go into trance i mean trance yeah. is a natural state yeah sometimes i'm sure that you would see that with some people well i actually can <laughs> their eyes glaze over yeah well i can actually interview if my eyes open and i'm asleep they'll <laughs> 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 see me do it <laughs> But yeah, well, you know, or you can really so relax. The, the, but you have to t- learn. There's a technique. Oh, yeah. I can't pick up a book like you did when you did colour therapy and not start hypnotising people. Not to ethically do it. No, but unethically. I'm not interested in ethics. No, well, <laughs> there are people that, you know, offer two-day workshops and, right. you know, they're really... Yeah, and then they tell people that they can go out on Monday and, bang, they can get their... Cards printed up as a counsellor and a hypnotherapist. So I can't walk into a pub, do a two-day course and ask somebody to open their wallet for me. You know what? You could just talk to me now and I could tell you a few things and you could get a card and then go out and say, hi, I'm a hypnotherapist. That's unfortunately not yet legislated. The same as counselling. Yeah, totally unregulated. Yeah. So word of warning to the listeners, please check out 
who you're seeing check out their credentials where they've studied that they're actually properly trained mm, because apart from what chiropractic naturopathy which has got a course these days although you can call yourself a naturopath without doing a course yeah most other they're range regulated. of alternative theory are de- uh, deregulated yeah self-regulated that's right and there are a lot of charlatans in there out there that's making right. a buck out of people's uh, Vulnerabilities, which is unfortunate because it has given hypnotherapy mm. a dodgy name in mm. some circles, mm. and the stage magicians mm. or stage hypnotists, yep. what they're doing is not hypnotherapy, but because people are going into trance, they're they're you know thinking, oh, are you going to have control of me? Will I? be quacking like a duck and yeah. and whatnot but mm. it's a special technique mm. that they do they're grooming the audience and out of a hundred people there'll be three who are super super susceptible yeah gullible gullible they're gullible and they're exhibitionists so mm. they'll be scanning the audience mm. and asking questions mm. and yeah. they're the three people that'll have their hand up so mm. pick me pick me mm. and they're the they're the ones most suggestible that they'll pick mm. I've been fascinated by two parts of your anatomy, your Mandela and your body art. What's that body art on your uh, wrist? Oh, you know what? That's a... It's beautiful. Thank you. That's an intricate bracelet that uh, a friend of mine, Kiara, who's a tattoo artist, mm. did for me freehand mm. in my lounge room, actually. How long ago? That was a couple of years ago. Freehand. Freehand. Yep. She's an artist and a tattoo artist mm, and mm. my neighbours to this day don't really know what all of that yelling was from my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you'd gone back to your hedonistic uh, punk days, you know, <laughs> that's all. They, they didn't mind, they understood. But it, it is unusual compared to most of the other body art you see, which is pretty predictable and, mm. you know, pretty boring. <laughs> so, apart from Dale's body art in there. <laughs> no, no, I was waiting for that. <laughs> no, 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 hers isn't predictable or boring. So I'm surrounded by two women with interesting body art and one with a nose ring, and it's not Natalie <laughs> Swedish. And how about the shoes? Leopard, leopard love. What do you mean leopard love? They're showing you a little bit of the animal side. Oh, okay. (laughs) Of life. You're being very superficial today, Joe. Well, I've been superficial because in many regards we're all superficial. And I have looked at these things because it's what I'm looking at. I'm trying to get the person... Whether it is superficial, whether, you know, natural therapy and alternative therapy is superficial, or whether there is something to it, or whether it's just show. What do you think? So what is to it is when I was getting dressed to come here today, mm. I thought, hmm, I'd prefer to wear my boots, but it's really hot outside. Right. And these were just sitting there, and they ended up being selected. Well, they're interesting. That's why I mentioned them. Yeah. I mean, I've got boring brown shoes on. Well, you know, nobody would comment about that, although I've got dinosaurs on my socks. Look, I always <laughs> believe you can't have too many spots or stripes or stars or hearts on your clothes. Right. Fair enough. You came with mag- was it? Magneta? <laughs> what is Magenta. It? Magenta hair. <laughs> Mandela hearts. Bracelet tattoos oh and, and, and leopard shoes. It's like I'm trying to convert you to something. Well, yeah, I think you're trying to convert me to alternative <laughs> therapy. I've always wanted to be hypnotised. Maybe you could 
We won't do it on. We're not going to do the show. Do you show. think you're suggestible enough, Joe? Of course I am. You're, you we're in that. trance most of the time. It's our natural state. You know, what, when trance? You're, yeah, you know, when what you're driving your car. I hope I'm not in a trance when I'm driving the car. You know, well, you are. You know, when you're driving your yeah, car yeah. and all of a sudden, like, you're there. And you mm. think to yourself, wow, I'm here already. Where do you think you were? Well, I'm not that type of driver. You're in your mind. You are lost, lost in a daydream. So no, that's a form lost. of trance. Is it? And that's mm. where we are most of the days. Yeah. So what are you doing today to earn a living? Today? Mm. Yeah, as a, I'm a therapist. A therapist. So people come yeah. to you and give you money? Yeah. For so what? I'm For professionally, hypno-psychotherapist. Right. And so what type of issues would you deal with? Anxiety is mm-hmm. key. Yep. Um, social awkwardness. Right. Yeah, that is, that is a big issue. People don't realise how big it is in a big city. That is huge. It's mm. huge. And that social could, you explain, or- could you explain to people, listeners, what social awkwardness is? Yeah, so social awkwardness has many faces. Um, some people, they function really hi- hi- highly in their day-to-day life, nine-to-five job. They can get up, they can give presentations, but then... When they go out somewhere socially, they don't know what to say. They don't know how to make small talk. They're not sure what will be appropriate. They don't, they don't understand how to actually connect with other people. And that can be socially, it can be one-on-one. It's very isolating. It's very isolating. There's like an epidemic of social isolation in our community. And Mm -hmm. why do you think that's, why do you think, we've never been so interconnected in the history of the human race. You can be connected 24 hours a day, Mm. 366 days in a leap year. It's ironic. So, so, so why do you think we, we've got the exact opposite? It's thing? ironic that some of the things that are helping to connect us globally are also pulling us far apart. Mm. So with our technology and out there on the streets, people are chatting more with their phones than with each other face-to-face. Mm. And that's a problem. It's, I think and I feel that our community is becoming quite an unfriendly place. People mm. no longer will just chat with each other you look to chat with someone and bang they're mm. they've got their mm. mobile phone or they've got you know shit in their ears their mm. headphones so mm. that mm. there's no risk of mm. connecting with a stranger you realize i'm a cafe restaurant voyeur it's my specialty i love <laughs> <laughs> going out and sitting there it's, this is when you're alone you know you're alone and yes. you're just having a coffee and because nobody nobody actually notices when you're having a coffee by yourself it's mm. as if you're invisible in these places. And I love looking at y- young couples, because old couples, they just ignore each other, and I can understand that. <laughs> but I love looking at young couples who are supposedly in love, in a relationship, and they're just looking at their phone. Yeah, they, they, ha- they never look at each other. <laughs> I'm not saying all of them, but yes. a, a huge number are huge saying, number. what a great time I'm having here at the restaurant. Then they take a picture of the food. <laughs> and yeah. I'm going, what, what, what's all this about? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've chatted with um, cafe owners in and in Ackland Street recently. Yeah, yeah. And I said to the guy that owns the place, well, how often do, are people chatting here or on their phone? He said, well, they're mostly actually on their phone. I said, what, even when they're on a date? And he said, yeah. Yep, they're, they're on their phone. That's I can tell you, it's a cafe voyeur. Yeah. They are on their phone. So they, These are young people who should be enjoying each other's company. And not only that, Joe, like there's a delicious, there's, I mean, we're spoilt for choice with delicious food in Melbourne, but mm. when you go out on the lunch break, you're in the business sector and 
I reckon not one person has actually tasted the food that they're eating. They're on their phones, they're yeah. texting, they're actually not tasting, they're mm. not mm. feeling the joy mm. of, of the simple pleasure of eating food. So what, you, you, you are reintroducing people back to their humanity? Oh my God, shock horror. <laughs> so you get paid for that? No, I'm not getting paid for that. That's a social initiative. That no, but I'm I mean running. the hypnotherapy. That's what you the do. The hypnotherapy. I'm paid as a therapist. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, but a lot of your clients yeah. would actually be people who are basically victims of uh, this overwhelming technological blanket we, we live under. Everyone's affected. There's not one person who's not affected by it. Mm. Mm. I'll, I'll give you an example. This is so hilarious. It happened to me about two years ago. Um, this reporter kept sending me emails. She wanted to interview me about something. And she eventually rings me after about a week. And, I, and she said, look, I've been sending you emails. Haven't you received them? Really angry. <laughs> and I said, well, uh, I don't actually read my emails. I have somebody else to read them. And then on Tuesday afternoon, if they're worthwhile answering, I'll answer them. And she says, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, this is some senior reporter, you know, in, mm. in, in one of the major days. Of course I can do that. I said, you know, they're my emails. I can do whatever mm. I like with them. And, this, 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 they, and then there are people who email you and they ring you an hour later and say, did you get my email? Did you get my email? And I said, no, I only look at them once a fortnight. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've used the word chat a lot in this. And I notice you're dropping the word chat. At the beginning of the interview, what's, what's all this chat garbage you're talking about? <laughs> yes, I know it's old-fashioned, isn't it, to think that people could still strike up chats in public? Excuse me, you're some type of pervert. <laughs> people striking up chats no, in public? No, I've got a disclaimer so people understand that, no, I'm not a pervert or a nut. <laughs> what do you mean, you'd strike up chats in public? What, what, what's all this about, Natalie? I had a lot of respect for you as a therapist. I'm a bit worried now. So, I yeah. have, have a social initiative. And You've it's got a social initiative. Yeah, with a social initiative scheme called, or a social enterprise called Strike Up a Chat. Strike. You've got to tell people to talk to each other. We're taking it out there. We're Strike chat activists. Strike up a chat. Yep. Chat activist. You're the first chat activist I've interviewed. What is a chat activist? They're people who are bringing the simple art of effective communication back into the public arena, into their work, into their institutions, into the street that you're walking down, you're into the kidding. cafes, everywhere. You want us to put our mobile phones in our pockets on silent <laughs> and only look at them once a, a day or something? What's wrong with you, woman? You know, well, what, why is chatting important? Because it lets you feel connected to people. It brings connection and it makes you feel like you're a part of something as well, part of the whole. And there's something magical that actually happens during a chat where there's a moment of emotional intimacy or chatting intimacy where you just drop in and it's like you and the other person for that moment kind of merge and there's a connection that forms. It's really quite amazing. Yeah, but people, amazing. people are quite worried about who chatting because they're concerned somebody's going to sell them something. Yeah, that's right. That's why you have a disclaimer. And for Strike Up a Chat, we've got a framework. Who's we? 
When I say we, <laughs> me, <Yeah>. and <laughs> and my chat ambassadors for Strike Up a Chat. You it's have all chat ambassadors. Yeah. I'm a bit you confused. could be one. You could be Me. one too. You don't it's know. You don't know what a grumpy old man I am. <laughs> I think she's getting the idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, when did when did this initiative start? It started four months ago. And and how how did you launch it? I launched it through social media. It's <laughs> ironical, isn't it? Well, strike up a chat through social media. I like this. It's. Social media is fine, but not mm. just social media. Right. You know, everything in moderation. Mm. It's the addictive nature of it and using it exclusively to mm. actually initiating chats with other people. Now, That's the problem. I understand. You've got a little bit of a hook to your strike up a chat when you go wandering the streets. What's oh, yes. your hook? We've got the icebreaker. The icebreaker. What's that? Free money? International passport to chatting pleasure, Joe. <laughs> well, look at my age. That sounds fantastic. I'm going to sit down here. I'm, I'm excited. Strap yourself in, Joe. I'm strapped. I am really excited. What, what is this? Uh, some type of new dildo or something? What is it? <laughs> no, not at all. No, no. It's a card, a chat card. A card? Yep, a chat card. A card? Yep, it's your Does passport. Does it talk to you? It gives you permission to chat. So what it looks like is this. The card, meet a person. Hi, my name is, and uh, your name, so Natalie. Yeah. You look interesting. I'd like to chat. Well, that's just an old pick-up line. But would I, what, you, what you, I would have used 50 years ago. G'day. No, How no. are you? <laughs> yes, but you have a disclaimer. A disclaimer. So it's, it's okay. I know what you're thinking. I'm not one of those. <laughs> I'm not looking for your money. I don't want that. Uh-huh. I don't want... I, I'm not hitting on you. And, right, right. you know, I'm not some nut, really. This is a social initiative to bring communication back into our community. Is this is this, is this the card you gave me? That is the card. This yeah. is the passport of... Chatting pleasure. International chatting pleasure. I call it a, I call it a social intercourse. <laughs> what well, it is, chatting is social intercourse, the lubricant to social intercourse. That was very quick, but we're trying to not have that kind of more sexual connotation. Well, well, intercourse doesn't necessarily have a sexual connotation. No, but with lubrication, it might add to that. Well, it could. You're quite right, Natalie. It says, hi, my, hi, my name's Natalie. Remember, You look just... interesting. I'd like to chat. <laughs> well, yes, Natalie, what can I do for you? This is the old sleaze bag. Well, this is where you, and I give, for so for anyone who wants, it's a free initiative, for anyone who wants to come forward. What, you don't have to pay for this? No, no, for anyone who wants to come forward and be a chat ambassador, right. they receive the card, right. the, the download for the cards, and also, you know, five pages of effective communication tips. So they're really helpful skills for anyone with how to, you know, connect with people, how to also work out what's safe, who to approach to, mm. you know, valuable tools that really mm. we all need for effective communication. Mm. So, mm. you know, there's a clear deficit in the community with communication skills. So that's a free service. That's my gift to the world, really. I just want to have an epidemic of people chatting just to bring that friendliness back into the community one chat at a time. You're going to ruin the economy at this rate. You realise that? Because <laughs> we need people to be 
hooked up to their uh, implements, you know, 24 hours a day so we can call them whoever we like, so we can get them to do work. Strike up a chat. The social initiative bringing friendliness back into fashion. What? Friendliness back into fashion? Mm. That's disgusting. (laughs) To make the world a kinder place, one chat at a time. Well, how has this initiative been going? It's going incredibly, actually. How do you mean? You've got, what, four followers? I've got quite a few followers. We've got the website coming up this week. Ooh, what's the website? The Strike Up a Chat website. That's coming up this week. Yeah, so more people can become chat ambassadors. They can access the free guidelines and hang on, other hang on, stuff. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Do you do any uh, monitoring? You, get, oh, you, yeah. could get, you could get perverts like me. Becoming <laughs> chat ambassadors. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a code of conduct, a of code course, of conduct, and people right. have to agree to the code of conduct before they can access, you mm. know, our framework for strike up a chat. So it's keeping everyone safe. Absolutely. I mean, it's a great initiative, but it's sad, isn't it? Mm. It really is sad. Well, it, it's sad that we have to have these initiatives, but we have to do it, you know, we, and it has to come from everyone. We can't expect mm. other people to create the changes to make our world the safe, wonderful, you know, kinder place that we would really want it to be, you know, and so this is where Strike Up a Chat comes in. Yeah, but how about the old chick magnet, the dog? Do you get a dog with the card? <laughs> The card is my dog, Joe. The card is your dog, right? I've got a hundred percent success rate, strike rate with chats oh, with yeah? the card with this yeah, but, but, particular but, but, framework. Yeah, but um, Natalie, look, I don't want to kind of butter you up, but you're you're attractive looking, you got a good face, you're relatively young, you're interesting. How about some poor bum like me? It looks like somebody is you know is about to shuffle off. You know, people are not going to chat to me. I think that they would. I think don't sell yourself so short, Joe. Mm, mm. Read the guidelines, uh-huh. and even you could strike up a chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it'd be pretty hard. Although it's very interesting, you know. I didn't. I have noticed something as I grow older. When I was a young buck in my thirties, living, I was living in Richmond for years, and I'd like to go for a walk at about. 10 o'clock at night and I had long black hair, big black beard <laughs> and I was a muscu- muscularly looking bloke with boots and, you know, odd clothes on and people would cross the road <laughs> and it took me a while to realise they were crossing the road because of me. Wow. But once my hair grew white and my beard grey and white, elderly women would come up to traffic lights and ask me for directions. Wow. It was quite interesting, wasn't it? That I was no longer seen as a threat. Your body language would have been different then as well. You know, maybe you well, were a little more angsty back then. No, or? no, just more confident, you know. It was my yeah. street, get off the street. Oh, well, that get off the street <laughs> attitude probably <laughs> was... <laughs> yeah, well, that was the old punk attitude, you know. Yeah. But strike up a chat. Look, I think, it's, I think it's an interesting initiative. I don't know whether it's going to work. It's going to work. It's already gone abroad. I've got people queuing up to be... Chat Ambassadors and the PAVE Festival mm. is featuring us with a chat the booth. The what? The what? The PAVE Festival in Emerald. It, All right. They get 10,000 people through. Right. And chat booth. Yeah, a chat booth with the, the, roving chat ambassadors this, as well. This is, not, this is not a variation on the uh, Monty Python skit about having an argument. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not strike up a fight. <laughs> no, it's not it's just strike up a chat, <laughs> not a fight. Yeah. Well, look, look, I'd like to congratulate you, Natalie Swedosh, because most people sit back and they say, oh, you can't fight City Hall, you can't change anything, why bother? And you've, you are bothering. And you've taken the initiative, which is, which, which is, I think, is uh, to be commended. Whether you succeed or not, it's a different matter. I will, though. Everyone mm. is supporting it. I haven't mm. met one person who doesn't love it. Uh, just wait till somebody acts badly. Well, out of one of the ninety-nine point nine percent, yeah, that yeah. The dilemma is, it's, it's, it's like priests and and you know, and sexual abuse. Ninety-nine, well, ninety percent of priests do the right thing, and. 90% of accountants do the right thing and 90% of lawyers, but that small group actually causes an issue. So, But that's the same kind of reasoning that mm. where all men become blamed for what one yeah. nut does. Well, I agree, I agree. And I think, I think this is a great initiative and I wish you all the best with it. And uh, maybe when I'm a bit older, I'll be, become a chat ambassador. I'm just too busy at the minute with my life. <laughs> but thank you, Natalie Swedosh, for coming in. Thank you for sharing your life with the listeners. Thank you, Dale, for coming in. And as I said, interesting woman, not just because of external appearance, but because of this idea and many other ideas. And I've learned a lot. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. Great being here. Between